In this gallery, you've come across a multitude of postcards. But these aren't your ordinary. Gone abroad and let's send Nan a postcard of the seaside or an iconic monument to depict the region. No, definitely not. These are what have come to be labelled as coolie postcards. Specifically postcards depicting coolie bells. Essentially, indentured women from South Asia shipped to the islands of Trinidad and Tobago and then posed in opulent traditional attire with silks and jewellery and demure poses ready for the camera. Most, as seen in the dates that they were posted and created, are very much in the early 20th century and if you look at some are actually even addressed to Germany, the Netherlands, Britain and France. And the commonality between these are the colonial pasts as known Britain having Trinidad and Tobago, the Dutch having Suriname, France and Germany pretty much having control over South American Caribbean islands. These colonies, so forth, would have families to send back these postcards to their friends, to their families, to then give them an image of what they suppose is an indigenous woman of Trinidad and Tobago. And with the captioning alongside the images, showing people back home what a coolie bell is. A recurring image seen in all are the fact that all these women are dressed in their most lavish traditional attire, decked from head to toe, decadent gold jewellery. So recipient of these postcards who had never set foot on these aisles, it would occur to them that coolie women live in grandeur and are not strangers to large coin. The gold jewels and silks indicate a high status and well living, a lack of struggle to the western eyes for these women. Another, we can see that if not in a solo portrait, there are few that pose the women with their children, implying these gendered roles to these individuals. The coolie bells were mothers, women who took care of children, and thus reinforcing ideas of motherly characteristics upon these indentured women. They are mothers, they must be caring, sensitive, sympathetic, emotional, loving, and if they're looking after their children, they must be at home, not working in the blazing sun, harvesting the plantations for sugarcane. Take a closer look at how these women are posed, their body language. Most are sat down, not stood up submissive. They hold their veils across them, almost hiding their faces shyly. One of the postcards from 1906 in Trinidad, the woman is not looking directly at the camera. Her face is slightly uplifted, an innocence in her smile. Her eyes are soft. The imagery of innocence and softness is replicated furthermore. With the poses of two women holding hands almost like schoolgirls in a playground holding hands so delicately as seen in the two postcards east indian types trinidad bwi and another titled surinami british indian coolie women in festive garments 
These facade of studio settings and posture would create a narrative and a fabricated idea of the truth to the Western audience. Reinforcing the ideas of exoticism, sensuality, and the stereotypes set by colonialism creating the Orient. Especially in portraying the stereotype of South Asian women as mothers, not breadwinners, as submissive and soft, as people of wealth and comfort enjoying wealth of gold and luxury silks. These depictions of indentured women reinforce the colonial attitudes of Orientalism that exoticized and objectified women. These shy poses catered to the Western male gaze, emphasize the stereotypes of South women, of South Asian women being submissive, passive, and for the pleasure of Western eyes. The depiction of indentured women in the Kuli postcards perpetuate the misrepresentation and cultural misunderstandings of what life really was like for indentured women of Trinidad and Tobago.